Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tis that time of the season when the ghouls and goblins prowl. Witches ride their broomsticks and bonehead wildcats howl. So scrape your claws together and make some chilling noise. For your haunted wildcatters, those spooky Bosco boys. Boom, the boys are back, and it is time for another uh, episode. Um, definitely not a fun one to record. It will not be a fun one for you guys to listen to, I'm sure. Uh, but I'm going to try to give you my take on the game. First, I, w- I will try to give my disclaimer that I try to do after uh, gut-punching losses, losses that really hurt. Um you know, it's it's sports. It's you know, it's entertainment. I, I get that it's a big part of a lot of our lives. I dedicate uh, over five hours a week to talking into a microphone and a lot more time and kind of prep work and all that type of stuff just for the show to talk about it. I get it. It sucks. Um, I try to keep things into perspective. You know, I, I might say I'm depressed and all that type of stuff, but sports emotions. Uh, and, and while it while it does affect real life mood, you know, I, I try to always put the disclaimer out there, like, hey, you know, it is sports. The emotions are real. Um, but if, if you hear me saying, oh, I'm depressed or all this, stuff, no, it's sports emotion. Uh, all things else considered, uh, I live a very blessed life. So now that that disclaimer, which I've had to say twice this season, is out there. Um, We'll get into it again. Uh, so, uh, as any of you who follow on Twitter know, I ended up giving into my desires to watch live sporting events and went to the game. Um, I, I left after the Gillum snap, so I didn't see much of the comeback. I didn't see any of the real comeback attempt. I, I was listening on the radio. I was almost to the state line by the end of the game. Um, horrible 
Uh, my worst personal ever uh, game day experience in Oklahoma or at Oklahoma State uh, due to uh, two elderly women behind me using lots of colorful language, lots of slurs, and actually bopping me in the back of my head a couple times. Um, and I tried to, you know, kind of go at him a little bit. And then uh, some from across the aisle uh, said that he'd come over and put me down in my seat. It, it, it was not a good experience. It was a horrible experience. Oklahoma State fans are awesome. I, I think they are the nicest uh, as a whole uh, uh, away fans. But two old women, I'm not kidding, like a 72-year-old mother and her like 52-year-old daughter, um, just the absolute worst individual fans I've ever dealt with in an away uh, game. So I left. The momentum tried to uh, turn around, so don't you guys worry. Um, it's still a house of horrors. It was absolutely horrible for me. Uh, I guess that's what a lot of you told me, what I get, what I deserve for going to that game uh, based on my record there. Um, so shout out to the handful of people sending me DMs and a couple – honestly, it's wild. This game brought out a lot of horrible emotions – uh, from K-State fans, and uh, for at least six of them, six individuals, uh, four people DMing my personal account, one DMing the Bosco's Boys account, and one person deciding to tweet at me. Um, that They're very mad at me, so don't you guys worry. I'm upset with myself as well. Um, so we'll get into it. Look, I similar to the Missouri game, I'm not going to rewatch it. I'm not, I'm not going to break it down. I'm going to hit on the big kind of overarching things. Uh, that have kind of percolated amongst K-State fans. I waited until Sunday early afternoon. I'm recording this at 12.05 on Sunday. Uh, so I wanted kind of my own kind of emotional stuff to kind of take a step back to uh, kind of uh, take in everything that fans are saying and, and kind of give my uh, take on everything. I'm going to try my best to do it. Again, uh, as I as I know very well, uh, the, you know, only the diehard boneheads are going to listen to this one. So I think... I think we all have an understanding, and I think I think it'll be good. I think it'll be good for me. I know I'll probably feel a little bit better after I get done recording this. Hopefully, any of you who are braving through this episode to listen, uh, hopefully uh, it helps you guys get through it. And at the end of the day, as unlikely as it seems in this very given moment, if we win out, we're playing Oklahoma and Arlington. Um, does not feel likely, does not feel good, uh, but crazy things have happened. Uh, before we get into it, again, it doesn't matter what's going on, whether you know good, things are going good or bad for K-State sports. Uh, it's always good times at Manhattan Brewing Company. I'm, I'm jealous of everyone who lives in Manhattan. I'm recording this right now, and uh, they, they had a tweet talking about all the fun stuff they have going on in the brewery on this Sunday during an NFL Sunday. And look, I, I mean, heck. You know, I know the Chiefs are playing at 325. I'm sure that place will be rocking. But I, I kind of want to go in there and just kind of hang out, enjoy a couple beers, and enjoy the vibes on a Sunday. Especially one of these nice, cool, crisp fall Sundays where the pumpkin batch will be hitting very good. Um, and, and just have a good time. It's, it's always a good time in Manhattan. But it's always the best time at Manhattan Brewing Company, as always. Drink responsibly, get a couple pints, grab a couple four-packs, grab a couple crowlers on your way out of the brewery. And, you know, hey, look, talk talk to your local liquor store. Be nice. Say, hey, I'd like Manhattan Brewing Company. Um, 
please, please stock them. I will buy it. You know, I, I, I continue to hear success stories about this. So, you know, be persistent, be nice, be polite, but tell your local liquor store you want Manhattan Brewing Company four packs. All right, let's get into it. Um, I, I think there are a lot of things that I want to touch on. I'm not going to dwell on any of them for too long. I'm going to hit them. I'm going to give my opinion. I'm going to give my feelings around it, and um, then we'll move on. Uh, so I again, I I, I wanted to, I, and I maybe this is a sign that you know I'm maturing. Um, maybe it's a sign that I don't know what sign of I. I wasn't like truly burning it down. I wasn't wanting to break stuff. Maybe the Missouri game kind of zapped a little bit out of it for me for this season. I don't know what it is, but uh, I, I you guys heard me say I, I didn't have a great feeling about this game. A lot of folks were talking about how it's oh it's a ten point game, all this type of stuff. I was nervous. I was not feeling good about it. Uh, I thought Oklahoma State was going to come out there back against the wall. Gundy's back against the wall. He's won a ton of games. I did not think this was going to be some easy game. I didn't think it was going to be a blowout game. Um, I I just didn't. There's just something in my gut, and sure enough, it wasn't. Um, The first thing I want to touch on, uh, and sadly, we, we saw this in Missouri. This team lacks that villain mentality. This team lacks that ability to turn heel they lose all their swagger. They lose all their energy. They lose everything that made K-State football a borderline great team, a very good team last year, a borderline great team. They lose all of it. You know, uh, Again, even in a losing effort at TCU on the road last year, they played with that swagger, that villain mentality. Hey, it's us against the world, heel mentality, all that type of stuff. Same you know, at Oklahoma. Uh, on the road at Baylor, all these, all these away games, the Iowa State game, it, it was an ugly game, but they played with that swagger, they played with that confidence, and seemingly in Missouri and in Oklahoma, the second one thing goes bad, they shrink. You know, they shrink in front of the away fans. Um, they, they're not playing with any emotion. They're not doing. I, and then, of course, you know, the the one time they show any emotion, they get flagged for it. Fifteen yards, Trayshawn Ward. That was dumb. Um, but but they they just don't have it, and I don't know where that comes comes from. You know, I you know they talk about how it's a players' culture thing and all this type of stuff. I don't know. I I mean, you lost so many guys. You you lose a Deuce Vaughn. You lose an Adrian Martinez who's been through the ringer. You lose a Julius Brinson, an Echo Boydo, two guys who really did bring that swagger, bring that confidence. Uh, you know, you, you lost a lot of guys, but I thought a little bit of that mentality, especially when they knew that it really was going to be a case against the world target on the back as the defending champion. That was one of the big things we talked about all season. Every game you go on the road, that's the biggest home game in that team's schedule. Granted, again, Oklahoma State's hosting Oklahoma, whatever, we get it. But, you know, it's going to be Texas Tech's homecoming. Uh, it was Missouri's biggest game that they've hosted in close to a decade. Um, you have all this type of stuff. It's going to be KU's biggest game of the year. Tech, like I said, Texas Tech's homecoming. Texas, it's going to be like the last real test that they may have before they get the rematch they want with Oklahoma and Arlington. Again, it's the biggest home game every every time you went on the road. And they say the right things. 
you know, Will Howard said it in media before the game. All the guys said, "Hey, it, it, we like it. It's it's our you know you know a hundred guys. You know, our team, our coaches, our staff." coming on the road, it's us against an entire stadium. They say all the right things, but nothing they do, no way they carry themselves in the game actually backs that up. That mentality, they know what to say. They they, they know how to act before they get on the bus and they leave the state. Um, it, it's it, they, they Again, they say everything right and, and everything comes out uh, you know, during the week we were like, all right, hey, they understand it. But, you know, I was in that stadium an hour before kickoff. The, the, there was none of it. They had no juice. They, again, got punked on the road, and, and they didn't bring it. You need to have that mentality to win games on the road. And this team just doesn't have it, and they have to freaking find it, uh, you know, and, and what? Five days from now when you guys are listening to this, six days from now as I'm recording it, they better fucking find it fast. Otherwise, you're going to be losing at Texas Tech in any semblance of, uh, you know, a season that that we that wouldn't be considered an absolute failure is out the window. Um, you, you really are in a situation where, where outside of the Texas game, any loss renders this season an absolute failure from here on out. And that's a ton of pressure on a team that seemingly... Uh, has not been able to handle it very well. Um, and that kind of comes back to my frustrations with Chris Kleiman. Now, again, I am all about... I, I love Chris Kleiman. I think Chris Kleiman is a very good coach. And if you if you truly had me vote, like, had me choose amongst the Big 12 coaches, you let me draft him. I, I still think I am taking Chris Kleiman number one. I, I truly believe that there are no perfect coaches in the Big Twelve, um, so so some of the stuff again, fans are going to be fans. I'm not going to tell folks how to be fans, but I, I think some of the backlash is coming a little hard. But again, this is something we have to address. This is something we have to talk about. I like to consider myself someone who tries to call balls and strikes, even on the people that I like. Chris Kleiman is like one in four or one in five coming off of bye weeks. What the fuck is going on with that? You know, I I, I am in. I don't know how that happens. It's like the inverse of Andy Reid. I don't know how you can be so bad coming off of bye weeks so consistently. And again, maybe it is something how he goes about practice. We we talked about and really I applauded it. You know, back on Wednesday. Saying, hey, I like that he gives the younger guys extra time to practice. I like how they're kind of trying to build for the future. Well, hell, if you're this bad coming off of bye weeks, uh, maybe you need to pay a little bit more attention to that opponent. Maybe give it more than just the regular week of practice. Again, there's a reason why he is a Big 12 champion head coach, and I'm a guy behind a microphone. I get it. But I don't, I, I truly cannot understand how if you're that bad coming off of bye weeks consistently how he doesn't reevaluate how how he spends bye weeks i um that's it's it's just honestly a maddening thing um so you know it is what it is um it is what it is i i I will say i i don't i'm not mad i i don't i don't uh fault Chris Kleiman for a couple things. I'm, I'm going to come back to 
a few things I do fault him for and two things I am angry. I'm not mad about the going for it on for two point conversions. I I'm on board with the if you if you're down 14 you score a touchdown. I'm on board with the going for two. Um, I I get it. I I know a lot of folks don't. I, I'm on board with that. Um, and I'm on board for you know going for it on fourth down when you got the ball back and um, what you're, you you got the ball back and you were down 11. Um, going for it deep in your own territory because, quite frankly, at that point in the in the game, I thought the defense was doing all right. I I, I wasn't too frustrated with that. Granted, at that point, I'd already kind of uh, already kind of dipped out, but um, not kind of. I had already dipped out. I was I was on the highway. I was on I thirty five going north. Um, but but I get it, it and I, I'm I'm fine with that now some stuff that I, I, I question, and again, it's easy to question um, this one, but you know, the the fourth down that led to the Gillum uh, snap, first off, again, I'm not trying to, I am not trying to hammer away at these kids who play college football um, or, or anything like that, but Gillum with back-to-back massive mistakes that didn't even give you a shot to convert on fourth down, he double clutches the ball, and it's a snap infraction. Moves you back five, and then when Will is trying to audible the play, Gillum just snaps the ball back. And then okay, that was the moment where I'm like, all right, I'm done. I'm going. I'm leaving uh, this situation because it was hell for me in the stands. And you know, I'm superstitious. I was hoping maybe I, leaving they would have a miraculous comeback, but uh, just just pour on him. And it, 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 he's had a you know a fine season again. I think he's the weak link on the offensive line um, in that chain. It's a tough position. I get it, but that was absolutely poor. But I would have at that point in the game. Uh, what that was the second drive of the first, or maybe the second total drive of the second half. Maybe the first drive. Your first drive. Get the points at that point. Just get the points. Um, so, so I don't agree with that one. And then the other thing that I I, I don't agree with, and you guys heard me talk about it last week, winning the toss and taking the ball, the, 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 there, there's very little way for that to actually be the correct move. The only way you take the ball and it is the correct move is if, if you score, you stop. You score again, and then you hold your opponent to three or less points. That's the only way. The, 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 the only way to gain a true advantage in a situation like that is, is to get up 14 to three, and you're getting the ball back. At that point, okay, yes, taking the ball back first was the correct decision. That's the only time. And it all goes to hell if you're going to go three and out with three uninspiring plays like that. And we saw it. It all went to hell and everything went wrong. And from that moment on, you go down seven. They're getting the ball to start the second half. It, it, it was, at that point, it truly, you are climbing up a massive mountain six minutes into the game. I get it. You want to show confidence in Will Howard. I get it. You have confidence in Colin Klein drawing stuff up. That's fine. You can still have that confidence after your defense either gets a stop or, hey, they scored, now it's our turn. 
They're the, the only way to possess the ball in back-to-back possessions without getting a special teams turnover or an onside kick is having the final possession of the first half and then getting it to start the second half. Absolutely lunacy to continue to win the toss and take the ball. And, and, and I, I am legitimately pissed off at Chris Kleiman for continuing to do that because this it's not like a new thing for this year that's something he's occasionally done his entire time at k-state and i am livid you have to play so perfectly to get a true advantage starting the game getting the ball and especially doing it on the road i it just i i can't comprehend and and again you guys have heard me complain about it even when it goes right. Even when we get even when we score on that first drive, I'm still complaining because it doesn't give you a true advantage to go out and do that, especially if if you have enough confidence in your offense, why won't you be able to answer them if they score? Why wouldn't you be able to score to kick off the second half? It, there's no argument that I, I that I give any credence for. Winning the toss and taking the ball. So so that really, I mean, that, that honestly was maybe the thing that pissed me off the, the most. I know I'm in the minority, and like when, when folks are complaining about that game, and there's plenty to complain about, that, that's not getting brought up by anyone at all. So I, it's just, <sighs> that's like the one thing that has stuck in my craw. And the second it happened, and the second we punted the ball, I... Any sort of positivity, any sort of good vibes or mood I had was long gone. Defense, uh, I mean, ultimately, look, they, they gave it their all. Um, what, they only gave up one touchdown? They, it, they were bend but don't break. Um, Chris Kleiman brought it up, and, and I, I think this is fair. Again, any anyone really trashing the defense after this game? I, I mean, look, they, they were playing with their second-string corners. Um I, I I think it's fair to say, all right, hey, why aren't we forcing turnovers? Why aren't we getting enough sacks? I, I think it is fair enough to put that you know magnifying glass on Joe Klanderman, uh, Van Malone, Chris Kleiman himself because he's so involved in the defense. I think it's very fair to have that criticism of the defense because uh, they're not getting takeaways. Um, you know, Khalid Duke, I think maybe coming into this week, still had a tie or had the lead for the Big Twelve sacks. I don't know if he still has it. Um, but but lack of big plays on defense. I think it's fair to point that at them. But at the end of the day, they really kind of strengthened their backs. Really started holding Oklahoma State to three. Even got a blocked field goal. Uh, Marquis Siegel had himself a, a pretty decent game. So um, I, I'm not I'm not overly pissed off. Again, uh, there, there are a couple times where hey, you know they they could have gotten a third down stop. It was a missed tackle. It was soft coverage. Um, they did give up, you know, some big plays. Um, you know, granted, they they're a little bit better with uh, some trick plays. I, I I feel like they were a little bit better. I discipline still gave up some big plays. Ultimately, I I don't have a massive. I'm not really upset with the defense very much. That they, they gave the offense more than enough. I mean, they gave up 22 points. The defense gave up 22 points. So I I think they did more than enough for k-state to win if they even had you know a c-plus game on on offense um and and that kind of just brings me to the offense look 
Oklahoma State had a piss poor defense um, coming into the game, and and I'm gonna say this: I I don't think Oklahoma State is as bad as they looked coming into this game, and I know K State is not as bad as they looked in this game. But Will Howard had three really bad interceptions, um, and the passing game just wasn't there. Uh, and and I have my frustrations with the running game. I. I think the running game ended up being fine. I mean, hell, you know, Will Howard, I think, went over 100 yards. Uh, Treshawn Ward had a couple nice runs. DJ had a couple nice runs. Um, but, you know, I, some, some frustration with Colin Klein. Again, you battered UCF going north and south, just going straight ahead, not trying to have uh, DJ going laterally. Um, There's way too much of that. Um, but at the end of the day, the, the, the running game was fine. But when you're going up against a team um, that has had been absolutely shredded through the air the entire season, the fact that Will Howard has three interceptions, the fact that you can't really get anything going on uh, offense passing the ball outside of a couple plays where they just lost sight of Ben Sennett and he was just standing by himself, um, I, I have a ton of frustrations with. I I, I, I totally get it. And again, I, I was on this podcast, I, I think it was after the Missouri game and it was after the UCF game. I was on here saying, hey, look, Will Howard, definitely not a Heisman guy, not an All-American type guy. We all, I was part of the problem. I, I bought into all the hype in the offseason. I'm not trying to point f- fingers at the Will Howard hype machine. I was part of it. I was part of the machine. Um but I, I, I sat here and said, hey, we need to recalibrate it. And if you, if you look at it from a lens of, hey, this guy's good enough to get us back to Arlington. Hey, this guy's good enough to be a second-team all-conference quarterback if things start progressing. Look at the TD touchdowns he's responsible for. And, yeah, interceptions suck. But, you know, if, if you're going to have, you know, nine or ten touchdowns or however many touchdowns he was responsible for and one interception a game, that's fine. My issue comes from uh, – it wasn't one; it was three. They and 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 there are a couple of times where it's like, all right, you see what he's trying to do. The first one where he just bombs it deep, he threw in a double coverage, uh, and it was nowhere near. I think it was Ben Sennett. the The pick six, uh, I and again, I'll say this on the pick six: it very well could have been the wrong route was run, but either the wrong route was run or Will Howard just. Uh, I don't know where he was throwing it. And, and it was an easy pick six. And then again, kind of a backbreaker uh, as, as you're trying to complete a miraculous comeback. Um, and and it, it was poor. It was poor on Will. This is the worst game Will Howard has played since his freshman year. Uh, and it's bad. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and try to deflect. I'm not going to try to sit here and take away any sort of the blame. Anything that folks are putting at the feet of Will Howard of this game for his performance is fair. Now, there's two prongs I want to touch on. First off, the wide receivers aren't good. The wide receivers are not good. Um, RJ Garcia has not been able to develop and get to the point where we all hoped he would be. Jaden Jackson has kind of disappeared the last couple. I mean, he, he made a couple good catches versus uh, UCF. But, I mean, it's not like he was giving us much uh, versus Oklahoma State. Phillip Brooks, he is who he is. 
and I think he's a fine slot receiver. But once again, he gets caught in 4K, and it's going viral on Twitter, the lack of any attempt to make a couple blocking plays on a third down and one um, and cost us you know, picking up that first down. Again, I think we get it on fourth down and end up scoring later on that drive. But again, getting caught on 4K, giving up on a play uh, for the third time this season, you don't want to see that from your super senior type guy. And then Keegan Johnson, look, I, I said it. I, I, I was hearing it. I was hearing it all week. And I wasn't going to bring it up. And then, of course, I do. I, I open my mouth saying, hey, I'm hearing a lot of this. A lot of noises coming out of Manhattan. Folks you talk to in Manhattan, they're saying, hey, Keegan Johnson, hey, he, he's going to have a big game. It, I wasn't the only show you heard it on. It, a lot of folks are talking about Keegan Johnson. I said, I need to see it to believe it. Look, no, I... I, I want I want someone to come to my house and slap me across the face with a cookie tray if I try to hype up Keegan Johnson before a game um, and, until he actually has a breakout game, until he actually really shows us something. Now, he, he, he made one play, and it was a good play, um, but but I think he was out there for like 10 snaps. So, so again, I, I, I'm going to try to hold myself accountable. I'm going to try not to buy into anything any smoke that folks are wanting you to inhale on him until he gives you a game. And that's disappointing because, again, he was built. And, and again, I was part of the hype train. I understand. I'm not immune. I, I'm not pointing fingers. The po- fingers are pointed right back at this show. We, we, everything was Keegan Johnson's a legitimate number one wide receiver. He's going to be Malik Knowles, but more reliable. And, and look, he is he he is not even to the point where he could carry Malik Knowles' bag from last year. And it's just sad that a guy, again, as much as I love Malik Knowles, a, a tr- uh, he, he was a flawed player. And hey, as great as the Cade Warner story was, he wasn't you know your typical power five receiver. Losing those two guys should not have absolutely murdered any attempt at having a uh, a scary passing attack. And, and it seemingly has. And I I can't express how disappointed I am with that fact. Now, I I don't know. I'm not a smart enough football guy to say, hey, could Colin Klein have been calling better plays, easier plays to get the passing game going? I'm not smart enough for that. It seems like the wide receivers really can't get that open. And even when they do, Will Howard's struggling to connect with them. Uh, And even when they're not getting open, Will Howard's trying to make, you know, chicken salad out of chicken shit and he's turning the ball over and and in a game like it was on Friday um, those turnovers were absolute backbreakers so um, I'm I'm not sitting here I'm not sitting here saying bench Will Howard for Avery Johnson I'm not saying that but what I am saying is I don't understand the idea of having a true package that started in the first quarter by the way for Avery Johnson in game number two of the season, and then it's just like, eh, you know, Will's struggling. We're just gonna, we're just gonna ride through it and, and and not try to get something going with Avery Johnson. Again, I'm not sitting here saying, hey, start Avery Johnson on the road at Texas Tech. No, but by God, if they're if they're struggling, and even if he's not struggling, we've seen enough dynamic ability from Avery Johnson that defenses are gonna have to play differently if he's out there and that might open up a little bit of the easier passing stuff you know uh 
it's it's going to cause them to have to devote more resources to packing in the box. Hopefully that opens something up, and then maybe he can make that pass. I don't know. I don't know, but it just seems maddening that there there wasn't a single series where you're like, all right, hey, here, here's the two plays, here's the Avery package. And if there's really no Avery package coming into some of these games, I, I really question... Uh, the decision of how they used him in the first two games, if they're going to try to shoehorn uh, redshirting him, especially seeing how uh, Friday went against Oklahoma State. I, I don't get it. I don't get not f- finding some place for him. Again, I'm not advocating benching Will Howard and going all in on Avery Johnson. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing it at all. At that at all. Uh, Will Howard could have an absolutely massive game versus Texas Tech. I'm not saying that is out of the question. He very well could. Um, But keep in mind, Texas Tech is a team that was absolutely destroyed by Adrian Martinez last year. And that Adrian Martinez and Deuce went off last year. Again, I think that is a defense that Avery Johnson could literally terrorize as a runner. And again, we saw that Will is a more than a capable runner. Um, he had a 70-yard run. Again, I think he went over 100 yards. Um, but but I think you're going to have to get creative. You're going to have to try some stuff because if Will Howard isn't going to uh, make the correct decision when the pass isn't there, if he's not going to connect on uh, some of these balls where it's like, all right, hey, it, it's 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 great coverage you need a great throw if he's not going to be able to connect on those and if the wide receivers aren't going to give him better than tight windows then look you, you got to figure something out on offense and and we're all we all praise Colin Klein and I think Colin Klein's a good offensive coordinator uh, again this is not me trying to fire anyone this is not me trying to bench anyone I'm just asking that hey you got to try something else when it obviously isn't working so uh, you know, it, it sucks. It sucks. Everything about that game sucks. Again, I don't think we are as bad as we showed in that game. And I don't think Oklahoma State is as bad as they were um, before that. Um, but it's all for not if, if you can't go into Lubbock, Texas and win. Again, Stillwater has been a house of horrors for us. Uh, but we've owned Texas Tech. If, if you're going to succumb and roll over, lose all the juice and get punked right there on national television on Friday night in front of everyone, uh, you better keep your own fucking mojo and beat Texas Tech. Otherwise, if I have to come on here and, and talk, if you lose versus Texas Tech, it, it truly does become, okay, because, you know, the, the home game, it, it really does come down to, okay, win your home games and you try to avoid... Uh, absolute disaster uh, in Lawrence. You, you, you lose versus Texas Tech. That's truly what it comes down to. Win your home games, go to a bowl game, and pray that you don't get punked uh, you know, in Lawrence. Because you know, if, you, if you can't win on the road at Texas Tech, I, I might not even watch the game in Austin. Um, so it, it, it's maddening. It sucks. Again, I, I, I want to think that I'm giving some sort of relatively calm take. And again, this is the most worked up, up I've been in a negative way. Um, I, I think I've been reasonable with, with a lot of what I've said. Um, you can let me know if, if I'm not. You can let me know if you disagree with what I said. It should, should Are you at the point where you're burning it down um, and you want to tell me, hey, Scott, no, you, you, need, to, you need to be more mad. Uh, or you can tell me, hey, Scott, you're being unreasonable and here's why. We can have the conversation. Let's go back and forth. Next steps after this. Again, Chris Kleiman seemed pissed off. Post game, the players seem dejected and mad. 
Um, they, they better stay mad, and they can't stay in their own fields. Um, again, I'm going to be very interested to see what, how how Chris Kleiman's acting on Tuesday for his press conference. Again, I, I, I called it out on Tuesday. He didn't seem uh, very confident. He, he seemed very unsure of himself in that one. I, I'm hoping we get something different. Again, I, I still think Chris Kleiman, at the end of the day, is the best head coach uh, moving forward in the entire Big 12. Uh, including all the newcomers, I, I still think that. But I, I, I'm I'm going to really need to see a bounce back. Uh, you know, when he speaks to the media on Tuesday and definitely on Saturday. Um, so that's all I have. Um, you know, it sucks. It sucks. But hey, at least the weather's good. At least the weather's good, and I get to wear all my Charlie Hustle. Uh, crew next i realize i haven't talked about charlie hustle next so no it's not done um i want to give a shout out to charlie hustle i'm wearing my arrowhead collection crew neck sweatshirt right now it's nice and cool i have the windows open in my house it feels like fall and my wardrobe for the entire fall the entire winter and even part of spring are the charlie hustle crew necks if you're more of a hoodie guy they got plenty of hoodies if you want some nice joggers around the house, they have that as well. Their soft is or their fleece is so soft, it is so comfortable, it is so stylish. So it doesn't matter if it's officially licensed stuff from K State, Arrowhead Collection, Kansas City Hearts, any of that. Check out CharlieHustle.com today. Vintage made fresh. Get yourself a Charlie Hustle crew neck. So at least if you're gonna be mad, you're gonna be comfortable and stylish while you're mad. So I won't end the show there. Um, uh, we'll, we'll talk about the Big 12 and let's just talk about college football as a whole. Again, and, and I don't know, I, it probably doesn't, based on what I've seen on Twitter and on message boards, it's probably not making uh, anyone else feel better. But again, seeing some of the madness, seeing how uh, loopy college football is this year, it, it makes it tough to really go full meltdown mode because that's just the sport this year. You know, if you look around the Big 12, you have no idea who's going to win. Again, Chris Kleiman has another double-digit loss as a favor, outright loss as a favor. Again, I, I didn't mention that uh, earlier, but that's frustrating. That needs a stop. I thought we were going to get away from that. I, I thought we were going to avoid it. At least this one was at the road and on the road and not at home. Um, I thought we were going to avoid that. We didn't, but here it is. Um, I, I just... I just think college football is crazy, and and there's a lot of talk. Oh, is it transfer portal? Oh, is it NIL? What's making it so crazy? I don't know. I don't have that answer for you. But I mean, look, Texas, you know, losing uh, versus Oklahoma. Oklahoma didn't even play that great of a game, and they still, uh, you know, beat Texas. Um, Freaking Miami. Granted, it took you know a Paul Rhodes like screw up, but losing. Uh, at home versus a Georgia Tech team that got their cheeks beaten by Bowling Green. You know, Mac School, Bowling Green. Notre Dame losing to a very pedestrian Louisville team. Uh, again, it, it's a wild year in college football. Anything can happen. I get it. So it, it sucks even worse when your team is on the loser side of a football happened type of game. Uh but, but I'm not willing to, to, to go as far off the deep end as some other folks are. And, and if you are, this is not me telling you not to. Um, when, you, when you have a game like that, 
uh, it would be very disingenuous for me to come on here and say, no, do not go off the deep end. Uh, you know, don't, don't, don't do that because, you know, I, I went pretty far off the deep end when K-State basketball dropped two pretty stupid games back to back last year versus bottom feeders. So first off, it'd be hypocritical. Second, it'd be disingenuous. It, it was a it was a shitty game uh, to lose. So if you want to melt down, if you if you want to be calling Chris Kleiman out and, and really be kind of harping on him on his recruiting on his coaching, like look, I'm not going to. After a game like this, I can't be sitting here and telling you, hey, you're wrong. If you're, if you're wanting to say, nope, I've had enough. I want to see Avery Johnson start. Look, I'm, I I disagree with you, but but I'm in no place to sit here and, and tell you you're wrong and go after folks like I did after the uh, UCF game. Um, I <laughs> You know, I, I, I can't do that. I... I, I've done that, and, and I, if if he has a big game versus Texas Tech, and the, and folks are still clamoring for it, uh, I might feel a little bit more emboldened. But right now, I'm not. I, I, I try to shoot. I, I try to shoot everything as straight as I can. At the end of the day, I'm I'm a fan. I have my own biases, but I really do try to do my best uh, to not. Uh, to be a hypocrite or, or, or to really argue against something um, that I think is reasonable. Just because I'm not there, just because I'm still uh, saying, and again, I truly believe, I, I still think with all the deficiencies, with all the problems, especially with that game with Chris Kleiman that I have, uh, I, I still think he's the best coach in the Big 12 uh, right now, uh, fr- from now forward. Again, you're, you're lining up all 14 plus the four uh, that are coming next year, and if you're having me choose, I'm still choosing Chris Kleiman number one over the rest of them. I I, I truly still believe in that, and I, I know I know it's not I believe I know Chris Kleiman's going to win at least one, if not more, Big Twelve championships. Uh, one more, you know, he's going to end with two or more before he retires as a K State coach. I, I know that it's not, an I believe that I know that, um, and, but I think that's just kind of what makes games like that maddening. Because it, it, it's continued to happen, like I said, another outright loss as a t- ten or more point favorite. Uh, it, it's just frustrating. So, uh, look, we'll talk more about the Texas Tech game as the week goes on. Um, I'll ask for questions here in a little bit. Um, I, I wanted to wait a couple days. Um, I'm sure the questions will still be interesting. Um, but 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 we'll move on to Texas Tech on Wednesday. Uh, and look, you win that game. You're coming home versus a TCU team um, that's absolute trash. Um, and, and again, Baylor is not good. Houston is not good. Uh, we'll we'll see what Iowa State looks like at the end of the season. Um, have they just beat two bad teams? Um, were they the last team to get Oklahoma State before they figured it out? Uh, or did they just beat two bad teams? Let's see what Iowa State turns into by the end of the season. Um, need to get some momentum uh, going before uh, you play Texas uh, like a month from now. Uh, and, and again, that, that game in Lawrence. Um, you know, uh, obviously that, that one's going to be a massive one. And boy, if, thing, if we think things were bad amongst the fan base uh, after that game in Stillwater... Um, uh, yeah, it would be ugly if things don't go our way in Lawrence. I still think we take care of it. And, and truthfully, folks, I truthfully think that uh, we have a great shot 
to finish regular season nine and three. Um, I, I still think maybe the streak of hey, it's Big Twelve championship or eight wins or it's COVID uh, for Chris Kleiman. If you end up eight and four again, that would be a failure of a season. Um, I'm not going to say eight and four isn't a failure for all of our expectations. It 100% would be a failure of a season. Um, but it, all this talk about how it is seven games our new ceiling now—that's so fucking stupid. Um, that I don't have any time for. That I do not have any time for. Um, so if you're someone who, who truly thinks that the the ceiling for K-State football with Chris Kleiman's seven wins, you're just a fucking idiot. Um, you can be pissed off at him. You can be mad at him. You can think, you can even think that K-State fans overrate him. I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to call you an idiot for any of those takes. But I, I've seen a couple of folks try to say that that's that's the new ceiling for K-State football. Those people are dumb as shit. Um, so that's all I have. Look, and, and I've cussed way too much in this episode. I'm sorry, mom. Um, so that's all we have. Again, I want to give a shout out to. Charlie Hustle to Manhattan Brewing Company. Both these companies, like, look, Manhattan Brewing Company has been with us continuously, I believe now for 14 months. Uh, Charlie Hustle, I think they've probably sponsored the show for close to a total of 12 months now. Uh, They took some breaks. Um, I never took a break wearing their crew necks, but they took some breaks. But they're back, and they're going to see things all the way through the basketball season. They're absolutely great sponsors. They help this show go. Um, so, so please enjoy their products. Uh, I, you guys have probably, could probably go back and listen to old shows, and you could tell uh, the, the stuff people who have sponsored the show that I don't actually believe in their stuff, um, and I was just doing it uh, to get a little bit of paper. Um, I truly love both those companies and both their products. And if they called me up tomorrow and said, hey, they're done uh, sponsoring the show, uh, I'm still going to be drinking Manhattan Brewing Company beer and going to the tap room uh, anytime I have time in Manhattan. And I definitely am not changing out my all my Charlie Hustle shirts and crewnecks out of my closet. So check them out. Uh, tell them I sent you. Uh, that's the best way to support the show. Um, but but you won't be disappointed. So shout out to them. Shout out to Chauncey, the best dog in the world. Shout out to the Boneheads. Uh, it's always fun, especially even more so on road games, having folks come up and say hi. I uh, had like, I think, eight or nine of you come say hi, uh, run into you uh, in Stillwater. Uh, thank you for coming by. Thank you for listening, if you are listening. If you're listening this far, uh, we'll bounce back. The, the sun rose. We'll bounce back. I, I still think this team. I still really do think this team can grit out to nine and three, uh, and maybe win a bowl game and salvage the season. Get back to back ten win seasons. I truly believe that. I'll let you know when I stop thinking that. But I, I truly believe that. And look, anything can happen in college football. Um, crazier shit has happened uh, than possibly this K-State team finding a way to get to Arlington. So the the dream is not dead yet. It is on life support, but hey, crazier things have happened. We love you guys. For Chauncey, I love you guys. Go Cats.
Network.